why do these new age kids want to sit in their rooms all freaking day? Okay, so do y'all not like us being outside or inside? Because literally, when we go outside, y'all complain. When we stay inside, y'all complain. Y'all complain about the littlest things and start unnecessary drama for nothing. Y'all nag, 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 and nag, and don't nobody want to hear that. Even if we try to step foot out our room to talk to y'all about our mental health or our depression, y'all gotta tell the whole family our business and stuff and tell the whole world for what? Then y'all say, fix y'all face. You ain't got nothing to be sad about. Are you serious? Like, I'm literally not a family person no more. And I literally stay in my room all day because nobody bothers me and that's literally my peace. If I have to open up to somebody, it'll be my closest friends or myself. Or I'll write it down in a journal. No point in talking to y'all if y'all just gonna be judging us. And please, for the love of God, don't even try to blame it on technology. Good afternoon and happy Monday <laughs> right here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at that video because Anaya picked that video and I'm ready to. <laughs> but welcome back to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen and we'll go around to get some quick introductions before we get into this week's topic, which is parents just don't understand. Lord have mercy. All right, let's go ahead and start with Mariah. Go ahead and say hey to everybody. Hey, y'all. It's Mariah. I'm 16. Perfect. Uh, Anaya. Okay. Your turn. Hi, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm currently in the 10th grade. Perfect. And Miss Lex, go ahead and say hey, hey, hey. Hey, everyone. My name is Lex. I'm 17 years old and a senior in the Sacramento area. And Lex is our graduating senior. And we're going to stay on her head until she go ahead and get that diploma. Um, but she won't be on camera today uh, as she, her camera is broken. So thanks for coming, Lex. Miss Janice, say hey. Hi, everybody. It's Janice. I'm a 14-year-old freshman in Sacramento, Arizona. Now you have some feedback coming coming towards you. So I don't know if you need to go get you some AirPods or what, um, but you might need to. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Melissa, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we will get to your special guest sitting right next to you. So go ahead. Hi, guys. My name is Melissa, and I'm a 14-year-old freshman in Southern California. Perfect, perfect. And now, you know, we couldn't do a, a show about parents not understanding without another parent in the building. Uh, Mr. Eric, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yep, we wait for you. Oh, you all, oh, it, it blacked out. I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. No um, problem. Go ahead and introduce my yourself. Name, my name is Eric. I'm Melissa's dad and I'm in the 48th grade. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, thank you for being in the building. We like the 48th grades. I guess that would make me in the 42nd grade. So, all right, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> and uh, Melissa, we just had a chance to spend the whole weekend with, for, with you. So thank you all for coming out and uh, us getting those pictures. We got the whole cast together and we were able to spend some good time uh, together. So 
thank you for coming and, and uh, sharing your time with us this weekend. So with that, ladies, you know, we like to start off, and gentlemen, uh, we like to start off with uh, stories. Uh, so we have three stories on deck. Uh, Jada, go ahead and uh, give us a taste of the first one. A Sacramento high school teacher is now on leave after displaying the Nazi flag during a World War II history lesson. Our digital journalist Eric Escalante found out this is not the first time this teacher has done this. This Nazi flag on display inside a Rio Americano high school classroom. The school district saying tonight the use of this flag crossed a line. The English and social science teacher responsible for displaying the flag during a World War II history lesson on propaganda. Now on administrative leave while an investigation unfolds. Displaying a flag with a swastika in such an egregious manner was unnecessary and really created an unsafe environment for our students. Mary Kelly, a parent of a student at Rio Americano and a teacher at a different school, told ABC 10 that the flag has been displayed in prior years. And I've taught a course on the Holocaust, uh, in which I teach about Nazi Germany. I've never felt the need to display as a permanent fixture in my classroom a Nazi flag. Mary Kelly's husband, Rabbi Matt Friedman, says... Certainly as a father to a student who, feels, who would feel uncomfortable in that environment, it is troubling. Wait, imagine a student walking into that classroom and thinking, does this teacher want to see me dead? Would this individual put me to death if he had the opportunity to do so? And that is what a Jewish student sees with the Nazi flag. Now, following the incident, the district says Rio Americano will be putting together an equity team who will be able to look up practices and policies on campus that might need an update. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm a little confused because I thought they said it was a history lesson, but then they said a social science uh, English teacher. Um, what what say you? Do, do you think that his use, his or her use of the flag, um, is problematic? Yes or no? Yes. Why? Because speak up. Because of the history behind it. Why do you feel the need to display that flag in your classroom? I do understand if you're going to put it up for a second and say this is what the flag looked like, this is what they used, but for you to have it in your classroom continuously, that's unnecessary in my opinion. Mariah? It's problematic that you couldn't even get the facts correctly. Like why is this story being twisted and put all some type of way just to please one audience? Like you're giving misinformation to the parents that truly care about the way that this teacher is teaching students. It's problematic and it's wrong. So explain that to me. You said it's giving misinformation. How so? Because if you were to ask, and knowing you being an extremely involved parent, if you weren't able to get the correct information on what this teacher was and what was the reason behind it, then what are the actual parents who aren't that involved who are just sending their kids to school getting? Hmm. Okay. Janice, you got an opinion? I know you do. I don't really see a major flag, a major problem with it because we go into history classes and they have different flags all the time. And their flags are people that we've been to war with. You know, our country, we not, we don't, we're not at ease with everybody. Our country, we folks with people. Like, they don't like us. And it's just like being Black sitting in the classroom. It's just like, we have to look at the American flag. And it's just like, people, the white people, the Confederates, they want to kill us every day. We get murdered. So it's just like, okay, yeah, the Nazis, the Jewish people, they were murdered a long time ago. But this is our life. Like, it's generations, it's history. Like, we're scared to even, like, 
see an officer, be in a car, you know, like it's, it could be wrong. But for my instance, I feel like it's not really that problematic to me. I don't see an issue with it. It's not like people saying, I want y'all dead. It was just a flag. Yeah. Lex, you got an opinion? I I have a problem with this. Um, my sophomore year of high school, we did a whole semester on the Holocaust, basically. We read two books about it, um, and we watched Schindler's List. But never did my teacher ever bring up the flag, bring in a flag. I feel like a flag is, like, um, another way of, like, freedom of speech. Because I remember there's this whole thing with, you can't burn flags. But then people are refuting it with, oh, that's, like, taking our freedom of speech. So I feel like flags in general is a whole nother standpoint and force of enforcing your words and how you believe on things. And back to the fact that he left the flag hanging for the year, he didn't bring the flag in when that lesson was being taught. I think if I was a student in that position, I'd feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that class. I'd be like, why does he have this Nazi flag? I don't feel comfortable here. So for me, I can understand that that'd be extremely uncomfortable. And I think that's problematic. And knowing that campus has had racist problems, I think that this is just the start of them fixing things there. Mm, Okay. Uh, We're going to pass it to Melissa and Mr. Eric. Uh, You guys have any thoughts on on this? I do. Um, I really, I get what Janice is saying a lot. And I, I I think I'm leaning towards her side of, you know, how we see the American flag, that's kind of how people see the Nazi flag. You know, like some students have to do Pledge of Allegiance and Liberty and Justice for All. There is not Liberty and Justice for All. So when we have used to have to do the Pledge of Allegiance at my school, I didn't pledge because, you know, I don't agree with that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with Janice on her part. You know, it's a flag and I can see how it's going to be offensive for some people. But now you guys are uncomfortable and you know how we feel every single day. Mm. Mr. Eric. Well, in my opinion, it's the typical um, white entitlement of this country. You know, it's just what is 2021 now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just last year, they addressed the, you know, Confederate flag. And, you know, um, whenever white folks or the Jewish people are uncomfortable and they don't like something, they shut it down immediately. But how many how many decades and centuries has it taken for them to stop flying, you know, the Confederate flag. So um, it's just something popular to talk about, you know, when you make white folks uncomfortable, you know, um, it's an issue for them, which is Mm. why so many unresolved issues when it comes to just black people in this country, we're still talking about it and we're still trying to make progress. Gotcha. Can I make a note on that real quick? Well, yes, you and then Anaya wants to make another note. So go ahead, Lex. Okay. Um, so just really quick, last year, another incident happened at Rio, but it was concerning Black people. Um, and so I just wanted to note that they made an Instagram page called Change for Rio when this incident happened, not the previous year when something happened regarding Black folks. All they did was have an assembly, a, quote unquote, addressing the problem, and then they dismiss it and act like it never happened. So back to what everyone was saying, you know, we're addressing issues that make white people uncomfortable, but when we were directly harmed, because it was a threat, first of all, that was made for the Black students at Rio, but here, this cannot be seen as a threat or can, but I just wanted to note that, you know, they're taking action now, making a whole Instagram page for Rio, and they're looking into things, but when something happened to their Black students, it wasn't a big problem. 
thank you for underscoring that because I can say that I was um, on campus when that happened last year. I was at Rio. Um, I spent a few days with those students um, as they walked out of class and they were protesting. Um, and it is a different type of response. However, I am also on the equity team uh, for that district as well. And I'm confused because I was told that this was a history teacher and not a social science and English teacher. So then now we have to go back and have a different type of conversation. Um, but um, yeah. I agree with you guys. I agree with all of y'all. All of you all made valid points and you had something you wanted to add? Yes. So I partly agree with what you all were saying, but at the same time, the flag, I understand with the American flag and how that brings up feelings, but compared to the Confederate flag, in my opinion, the Confederate flag and the Nazi flag are representing genocide. And if it was um, like a German flag, I don't, in my opinion, that doesn't represent genocide and that's not for Nazis, but I don't agree with you guys saying how like the American flag, how it makes you guys feel some type of way, makes you guys feel uncomfortable because that flag is against us. Hmm. But I don't agree with saying, oh, well, we felt that way, so they need to feel like that as well. Hmm. Okay. And I think that that's a valid point. Uh, you have, were you putting your hand up or you, what you doing, Janice? Okay, I agree, but it's just like <clears throat> people, they're not going to understand or care about how we feel until they feel our pain. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not saying two wrongs make a right, but it's just like people don't start to care until they're getting offended, until their people are being murdered, until they're, until they're being mistreated. So I feel like, you know, a time has to come for y'all gotta for y'all to feel our pain so y'all can see, okay, maybe, maybe we should do things to help the black community. Maybe we should try and stand up for them when they're in this position because you know we know how it feels. Sometimes a lot of people they don't care unless it's like done personally, doing personal harm to them. So sometimes people need to feel our pain in order to understand it, in order to wanna, you know, stand for it because everybody wants us to stand behind them, but when it's our turn, they don't want to stand behind us. Okay. Again, Mar Mariah. <laughs> everyone's point is like, you know, everyone's point is valid, but I feel like it's a deeper issue to go into like, like Mr. Eric was saying, it's not our problem until it's a white folks problem. And I feel like that just coincides with, you know, all of us being victims of consumerism and just like having to, you know, constantly experience and, and see things in the media that are just against us, against black people. So it's not a problem and it hasn't been a problem. Like this campus has a history with uh, racist issues it wasn't a problem until a couple of white students was like, oh, mm, that don't sit right with me. And mm. that's problematic because if black students on that campus are experiencing consumerism and are having to deal with being on a problematic, toxic environment in a school that supposedly prides itself on being a safe haven, why is this just now becoming an issue? Why is something just now being done and it's not even being displayed in the correct facts? Got you. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, the truth of the matter is Rio Americano is a habitual line stepper. Um, they've been stepping and cross lines for, for multiple years. Um, and I think that it has to do with the leadership. Um, attitude reflects leadership. And if the leadership at the top is okay with the way um, things are uh, happening on their campus, then that's what it's going to be. Um, so Jada, let's go to the next story. And while she's doing that, and I might, I might cut off. Let's see. Melissa, I think this is the story you sent in. So can yes. you tell us about it? Yes. So this was a story I um, skimmed through and it was about the article called it a claim, 
black student claims that they, he was racially profiled by a school security officer. This was in Rochester, New York. Um, mm -hmm. He had been at the school for 11 years and caught on video. I don't know if it's that specific video, but there's a video going around that he caught um, of the security officer threatening him, you know, give me your ID, your name or leave. He wanted to go through his stuff. And so I think this goes to show that no matter how long you've been somewhere, he said he's been at the school 11 years, you know, your skin is going to show through more than how much you're succeeding. He was on a scholarship there. So I feel like that probably went into some of it. You know, so it just show, goes to show that we haven't come as far as people want to make it seem. Wherever you are, your skin is going to show more than how great you really are. It, do you think that this is a, a something that happens uh, a lot on school campuses where uh, certain students are profiled and followed and asked to do what they don't ask other students? And Mariah, you're shaking your head. Yes. So I will push pass it to you. And I think Janice had her hand up. I've seen it firsthand, you know, in the morning when a group of black students come in, teachers like, oh, you look suspicious. What's your backpack? Oh, those mm -hmm. pants are a little low. You must be hiding something in your pockets. Why mm -hmm. you have a on? What's under your do-rag? Like, just like these aggressions that black students face every single day. And when we tell someone, like, I can't preach it enough, believe black students, we have no reason to lie. We've been experiencing this. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous honestly yeah miss janice okay so denise was thinking about how it depends on what what <laughs> you are in the area because in certain areas okay stop laughing at me because it helps me remember but in certain areas it's just like you know for example and if it was a school in bama alabama you know it wouldn't really be as much of that because we're predominantly, it's a lot of black people out there, but more so Atlanta, it wouldn't really be been any of that in certain areas because there is a lot of black people in Atlanta. Like there are some areas where you'd rarely see a white person depending on where you're at. But I feel like we're put in those spaces for reasons. Like black, people see black, black is a mutual face. That's why you have all these black models, black babies on Gap, Gap commercials, Old Navy sites because black is a mutual face. Our face is friendly for some and they use it to attract others. So I feel like more so on campus, certain campuses where they don't have a lot of black students that does possibly happen, but they try to make sure that doesn't happen so that they can get more so that they're not targeted because schools, they want us at their campuses. They want us at their schools. They don't want it to show that there's no black kids there. So yeah, I'll pass it to Mr. Eric. So, <laughs> was I supposed to raise my hand? No, no, you got it. It's, it's on you. <laughs> so I went to a predominantly white university. And and which um, one was that? Just so we know. I graduated from San Diego State University. Okay. So um, in the 90s, um, there was a small population of, of Blacks. I mean, we were like maybe, uh, I don't know, not even a percent of, of the white students, about 30,000 students. There wasn't that many of us. There's a football team and the Black students from the Bay Area in Southern California, you know, and that was it. And we were definitely questioned and had to prove everything all the time simply because we weren't supposed to be there. Mm. And, you know, I think that that's been the story throughout history. You know, when you're black, you have to prove that you're innocent. You know, you're automatically guilty, you know, for just being, you know, where you are and they want questions answered or whatever the case may be. Everybody doesn't get that treatment. Mm. 
I, I would agree. Lex? Um, I want to go back a little bit to what Melissa was saying. I feel like for me, I understand the idea that no matter how far you climb up the ladder, um, at the end of the day, you're always going to be seen as that one black person or you're just black, even if you've accomplished all these things. And I think that we can blame that on society and all the stereotypes placed on us and all these other things. But I feel like there's no there's no way to overcome that on any campus, on any like just walking down the street in any um form of just whatever activity you seem to be doing so i feel like that also leads to us not wanting to be successful in school because we might be succeeding but then we turn the corner and then we get pulled over and then you know we get treated like animals so it's like they want us they don't want us to succeed but then when we do succeed we're succeeding and then we get shot down again and then they're like why aren't you doing good oh, maybe it's because as soon as I leave the campus, you treat me like an animal and like I'm worth nothing. Mm. Do you guys, would you say that you are under the impression that Black boys have it worse than you do? 100%. Like, Black boys, they have it horrific. It is terrible for them. And it's so unfortunate because I don't look at a Black male as, oh my gosh, like, He's, he's a big old black male, like he might do something to me. I look at him like, oh, like that's a brother to me. Like, you know, we're all black. We're all in the same community. We're all the same people. Like what, do you need anything? Do you need help? But when they look at them, they look at them as monster, animal, horrific, criminal. Do they got a gun on them? Oh, do they have drugs in their backpack? And it's really ridiculous because it's quick for girls. Like girls, we could walk around with big backpacks and stuff like that. I've done it at school and nobody will say anything to me. And probably because it was like a school tryout and stuff like that. But they'll see a black male, especially because sometimes black males go home. Like, you know, boys are treated differently than girls. You'll keep your girl at school and pick her up from school, but you'll make your boy walk home. We all know it's true. Males are treated differently than girls. And a male will be pulled over. Like, what's in your backpack? Oh, son, let me check your backpack. What you got in there? Oh, why are your jeans sagging? You need a belt? Like, is there something in there? Are you trying to hide something? Are you trying to protect something? And then they're automatically questioned. They try and pat a male down, rough them up and stuff like that. So females, we definitely have it easier than males, but you know, it's still a competition of we both got weights on our, our ankles. Their weights are just heavier. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I, I would have to I would have to agree. You know, it's been ingrained in it's been ingrained in everybody, you know, throughout history that, you know, um, black people are monsters, which is why nowadays you see, you know, so many white families going to adopt little black boys so they can get the monster out of them, you know. Mm. And because they want to raise them and change them and they don't need to be changed. They just need to be loved. But that's been ingrained in everybody since the beginning of when they brought us over here that yeah. you know, we are to be treated differently. It's, it's, it's just a part of the, the American way. I mean, mm. you know, when they, you know, for, you know, for, to have LeBron be told, Hey, shut up and dribble or whatever. They don't treat us as an equal at all in any capacity whatsoever. I mean, look how they treated the president of the United States when, when Obama was in office. They didn't, they treated him less than. Mm. Go ahead, Mama. Okay, so I definitely agree that um, from my personal experience that black men have it harder than black ladies. But also I have to think about the fact that I see these videos of people interviewing the black boys and saying, would you rather have a black girl or a white girl? 
So I think it's also society making them think that way and then society making them think that way about themselves and about their own black sisters. So when I see videos, I'm like, oh, well, they don't want us. They don't like us because we're too loud. And they want, and it's not a reason that they want the white girls. It's a reason because they feel like they want us to be quiet and they don't want us to speak up for ourselves and they don't want us to be quote unquote loud. So, I mean, you just took that in a whole nother direction. And that sounds like a whole nother topic that we need to probably put on the list so that we could come back to that. We need to circle back. Can we put a pin in that? Yes. Okay, let's pin it. Because you do, can we do that? Yes, we're going to do that. Yes, we are. Who was that, Lex? Yes, I'm sorry. I really, this topic, you know, it's always been something I talk about. Me and Anaya, we stay talking about this. So, yes, I want to talk about this later. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about it later. We'll we'll try and do that next time. Uh, Mr. Eric, you have your hand up, and it says, do you think those videos circulate on purpose more than the others? Um, are you talking, which videos? Are you talking about the ones for next week, or are we talking about these one, this one? You have to put it in the chat. Mr. Eric, did you want to add on to something? Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that black men have it harder. I think that is equally as hard mm. when in, in the workplace, when black women are vocal, um, when they speak up and they stand up for themselves, they, be, they they're called difficult and mouthy um, and opinionated. And when a white woman does it, you know, she's, just a, strong, she's a good leader. Right. <laughs> and so I think that we both, we, we both get knocked down when they're just strong characteristic traits that anybody else would have, but it counts as a strike against us. So I've seen black women get dogged out and, uh, and make it difficult for them to, um, to survive in the workplace. It, I think it's equally as hard. I mean, when you guys grow up, you'll see. I mean, because that's just what it is. It is what it is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's next week. We're gonna do that next week. Gone. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna take that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back to that next week. So um, let's go to the last story because we haven't even started on our topic this week. Uh, let's go to the last story, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we'll get into <laughs> it. Miss Jada. So, you know, we got to give it up to our brothers. When we see these young men coming through, I know we had a young man who was an Oakland Tech's first valedictorian, but this young man, uh, Rollin Lee Tate Jr., a Georgia teen, he earns a 4.7 GPA and makes history as the school's first black male valedictorian. Look at that beautiful smile. Okay, brothers is, is showing up and it says, uh, holding the highest grade point average in his class also helped him earn over $1.2 million in scholarships. So we have to give it up to Rollin Lee Tate Jr. We love to see it. We love to see it. And uh, that's what's up. That's what we like to see. If we give them the opportunity to succeed and get out the damn way, they can do powerful, powerful things. Um, and I don't know if he's an athlete or not, but most of the stories I see about black boys are athletes. Um, and this one just happened to be an academic story. So shout out to Rollin Lee Tate Jr. out in Georgia. 
uh, pulling through with a 4.7 GPA. You can go ahead and stop sharing now. Thank you so much. Um, so listen, we're going to segue because we have this topic and we got about 30 minutes to get through it. So parents just don't understand. I listened to the young lady's little monologue um, at the top of the hour. Um, yeah, that wouldn't fly in my house. I don't know who she thought she was talking to. Um, it was really, it was, it was, it, it bothered my spirit because I'm like, who picked this video? And I'm like, I know good and damn well, she don't talk to her mama like this. So I'm just trying to figure out, um, based on her video, what is it that y'all think parents don't understand about y'all? Okay. And you, who, okay, so you just gonna start. Okay, come on, Janice. What is, what is it? Okay, so with the video, I understand like how her tone was kind of disrespectful, and you never talk to your mom like that. But when it comes to social media for children, it's like especially children who don't feel like they can express how they genuinely feel in their homes. Social media is their outlook to be like, I feel this way because this is happening. Mm -hmm. I'm sick and tired of y'all. Y'all messing with me. And that's just their way for us to, you know, voice out our opinions. Like, for example, the podcast is a way for me to voice out my opinion. So personally, I feel like social media is beneficial. And that girl wasn't really coming wrong. But I feel like her points were very correct. And her points were very valid because those are honest feelings. Like students, I feel like there isn't a lot of connection when it comes to certain households especially in the african-american community because some parents it's just more so the attention and the time isn't there like you have kids and we do good in school and it's just like sometimes they don't understand like the heights and the hard uh, the hardships that goes to us being in school because it's hard going to school every day succeeding paying attention and doing all of that and still coming home and being a good child like, y'all expect a whole lot from y'all kids, and we're only, like, one person. <laughs> okay. All right. Anaya, you picked that old crazy video. Uh, what you trying to say? What What is it that you think parents don't understand about you? Okay, so I picked that video because I thought it was good for other people to relate on because some of the points I can't relate on, I can't relate on all the points, mm -hmm. but I was like, oh, other people feel this way. So that would be a good video to show. And I think parents don't understand that, you know, we can be stressed out. We can be tired. We can feel some type of way. We have our own emotions. We're kids. And just because you all were kids at once doesn't mean you know exactly what we're going through. And also, please don't compare us to other children because it just makes us not want to try. It discourages us. Like, you wouldn't want to be you wouldn't want to be compared to another parent saying, oh, well, so-and-so's parent does that. Well, I'm not their parent. You know, that that's that's what the response is. And that, I'm, 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 that's so true. That's so true. That's so true. Because parents <laughs> always love to be like, your little sibling, your older sister and brother would have never done that when I was raising them. And your brother would have never did this. But it's just like, okay, but am I my brother? But am I my sister? You wouldn't want me to be like, oh, well, you know, Anaya's mom did this. Or Melissa's mom did that. Or, you know, my auntie did this. Your sister acts like this towards me. Like, no, that's rude. Like, we're not the same mm -hmm. kid. And I feel like, especially with our generation, we're having a hard time. It's very disconnect with us and ourselves. Because back in the days when you guys were growing up, you guys had to go outside. You guys got to play hopscotch. It was more communication. Now we have social media. We have the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. 
it's like those communication, all those skills are not that there as they used to be. So it's just like, y'all got to work with this. Like it's so much in this world for us to have our eyes on. And sometimes, you know, being the best child and fixing our tone and watching what we say is not the main topic of our mind. You know, there'd be a whole lot going on in this world. And, you know, it's hard to try and comprehend that and deal with that and be a good kid because it's a lot like it's too much and then y'all be like well you know you're not getting this if you don't do this like oh my gosh no i don't want to do this is you trying to take stuff from me (laughs) okay all right denise had this written out (laughs) what you got to say why you um i don't really you know parents just be parents um i think one of the things that is the most irritable for me is when 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 you try to come to your parents with something and then they be shutting you down immediately like i understand i'm young so when i come to you i might not present things in the top tier best way so I think that you guys need to be under, they need to understand that, okay, let me digest this and let me think what exactly was she trying to get out of saying this to us? Because yeah, I know sometimes I'd be saying things like really crazy and I'd be like, what is wrong with you? But if I'm saying it, there's probably something else behind it. I just don't know how to communicate that with you yet. So don't just immediately be like, go to your room. Don't talk to me like that. Like get out, you know, maybe change it and try and guide the conversation so we actually get somewhere and we're not just yelling at each other or things like that. There's lots of ways you can avoid arguments or things that, you know, parents know because they've been around for longer than us. So, hmm. so I guess from parents out there packing up. <laughs> so um i know that we it seems like we're having some technical issues but just keep it moving y'all um so melissa you're kind of quiet and i see you have your daddy sitting next to you um do you want to uh weigh in and tell us what you uh wished parents understood i mean you guys are all giving really valid points you know um I'm, really- y'all say I'm not gonna say them y'all say them. <laughs> <laughs> no because like i'm really close with my parents with both of them you know so it's and I was homeschooled and I still am homeschooled. So we're always together. And when there are conflicts, we talk them through, you know? So there's not the yelling and the attitudes. And when I do have an attitude, cause that happens, you know, uh, laughing at me, but yeah, that does happen. So, you know, we have to talk about it. And so I don't have all of the, the, um, the big conflicts that I know a lot of parents and, and kids do have, you know, I have friends who aren't close with their parents at all. So, you know, they're always venting to me. I'm like, well, can you talk through it with your parent? You know, cause I have a little sister. And so I, you know, I want to know how to be able to raise kids. So like, I'm talking to my mom, like, oh, well, how would you be able to work through this? So it's a little, I, I understand what you guys are saying, but I feel like parents should try and work through things with their kids and talk with their kids to kind of, you know, how she's saying she doesn't like when, you know, if her mom is saying this and it's going to take this away, well, then you guys should express that towards each other so you guys are on the same page. Because I think there needs to be clarity in parent and children relationships in order for it to go smoothly. Um, Melissa's definitely raised very different <laughs> than when I was raised. 
you know, I remember one time I got knocked into next week. So <laughs> what did you do? I lost a week off my life. Oh I'm my god. And that's just how that's just how it was. And we weren't supposed to say anything. We were right. we were to do as we were told. That's right. And what we what we thought and what we felt was not even a thought, right? And right. so um we made, you know, a decision to, you know, to do things differently. You know, so I understand. I mean, I think that every generation says it all. Oh, my parents don't get it. They don't understand. But some of the things that go on in this world and that, you know, that our kids go through is really a repeat of what we experienced when we were their age. It's just a different date and time, but we went through some of the same things. Yeah, we didn't have, you know, the, the social media and things of that nature, but they were, there were still other distractions, you know, that we grew up with. You know, um, we had gangs, um, we had drugs, and drugs was one of the biggest things. Drugs and gangs were one of the biggest things. You know, when I was growing up, it was it was our social media. You know, so when our parents were trying to, you know, talk to us about the drugs and the gangs and, and stuff like that, we were always like, well, you don't get it. You don't understand. It's just a repeat. It's just a different, you know, it's just a different subject, but it's the same thing all over again. I feel like, though, when it comes to that, when parents are explaining that, when parents are explaining certain things, it's just like, you guys just tell us, like, it's just more so like, y'all just be like, well, when it comes to my house, I'll just like, we'll do this. But then it's just like, okay, you're telling me what I should do. I understand that. But I'm a child to where it's just like, I want to know where that comes from. Like, I'm not going to do it. Just be, I'm still going to listen to you. But it's just like, you know, I want to understand where the backstory came from. Like, what did you learn from doing that? That, you know, taught you to tell me, oh, don't do that. Because, you know, there are a lot of children, they want to be stove touchers. You tell them not to touch the stove, the stove is hot. They still going to do it because, you know, they want to be hard headed. But if you tell me the stove is hot, I'm not touching that stove because I don't want to burn myself. But, you know, I understand that the stove heats up. What if I didn't understand that? Like, you have to tell me how that came to be. And I feel like sometimes when it comes to communicating with your parents, what you can say can be viewed as disrespectful, especially with how I talk, my tone, and how mature I am. Me and my mom communicating, it's more so sometimes she can view me as disrespectful because of how I communicate. But then it's just like, when we talk, it's just like, I wasn't raised around kids. I was raised around grown people. So it's just like, you know, me coming out, I'm not, you're not going to expect me to communicate how a regular kid who was raised around kids will communicate with like six brothers and sisters because I was raised like an only child all my siblings are 13 years older than me 13 to 18 years older than me so those were my siblings it wasn't like no kids around no I was hanging with my siblings like we played together I played with them and me playing with them was just tagging along right behind them so I feel like and then to a certain extent things repeat because some of the things that y'all had to go through yeah they were like things reoccur but it's like for me I feel like it's different versions of it. So it's like, it's not the same, like, you know, gaming system changed. Everything isn't the same, every every new model. So it's just like, things could be reoccurring, but they're occurring in a different way. So they have to be, you know, approached in a different way, assessed in a different way. And I feel like the mental health of children could be taken way more serious in black households because it's, it is not. I feel like kids, when it comes to communication- Are you making a generalization though? Huh? Are you making a generalization? General, generally, usually it isn't taken as serious as it could be and how it would be in other households with other, you know, races and communities. And I had an assumption. Like, well, okay, I would say personally, from the people I know, 
mental health isn't taken as seriously as it could be. And when it comes to communicating, parents work a lot too. So it's just like, you know, a parent, they get home from their job, then they're dealing with us. We just got off a of distance learning or in-person school. So it's just like that communication sometimes isn't there because we've both gone through our own things throughout the day. So it's just like, okay, now how do we get together and rekindle what, you know, and rekindle and reconnect that communication? Because sometimes it's not there. And parents, they have work. And I feel like a lot of times adults, especially parents, y'all get tied into y'all jobs like a lot. And it's just like, okay, wait, I'm your kid. Like, you know, I matter too. Yeah. See, but, but that's another assumption. So, so you're saying, or what I'm hearing you say is that when your parent gets wrapped up into their job, you think that they're ignoring you, but y'all like all these iPhones, all these gaming systems. You like the stuff to, for your nails. You, you guys want to be, y'all want to live a certain comfort factor and your parents have to go and provide for that. So you can't have it both ways. And, you know, I'm really, really big on, you know, my kid can say whatever she needs to say, but it's the way that she says it. Um, and, and we have to be clear. Ain't nobody under my age need to be talking to me like we friends. We not friends. I'm your parent. Um, and I want the best for you, but there's a way in which you have to talk. Just like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not in grade 48, like Mr. Eric, I'm, I'm a little, little bit younger, but there was a certain way that I had to speak to my mom. There was a certain uh, type of respect that we had to have for our elders. And what I'm hearing is y'all want to come in and talk to you, talk to your parents the way that you want to talk to them. And that don't work. That's not it. That's not it. There has to be a way that you communicate effectively. And that's, that's a learning thing. And that's why we have these learning moments. That's something Yes, Mr. Eric looks like he's about to jump through. I still still mind my tone when I'm talking to my parents today. And I'm 48. I I still try to make sure, sure, even though I may feel strongly about something, I still try to make sure that my tone is a respectful tone. And I get the whole mental health thing. I think everybody from my generation that grew up with post-traumatic stress. you know, from all the things that, you know, we've experienced and gone through. So I get it. And it, and mental health is really important and parents should take some time to, to figure out, you know, why a, why a child is disconnected or. And I think that, I think you put um you took you put the uh, microphone on mute, uh, Melissa, when your dad was talking. No, keep going. Oh, I was done. <laughs> okay, we missed the the ending part of that. I don't know what's going on with this streaming, and I see Mr. Robert said yes. Uh, don't be trying. Listen, when I put it up, don't be taking it down because I was making a point. Mr. Robert says yes. You know why? Because sometimes his kids be coming sideways, and I'll be like, ooh. We couldn't do that when we was y'all's age. You guys can't talk to these parents like you out here paying your own way. That's not working. And so there has to be, and I realize you said you buy your own nail products. I get it, Janice. But again, when we're, I'm talking in generalizations, right? Um, so when you guys want a certain lifestyle, certain level, y'all want to have all the new things, you know, we want to send you out into the world because you're a reflection of us. Um, y'all want certain things. And we, as parents, are providing those. But there has to be a way that you guys learn how to speak um, to, to your parents. I would like to speak, uh, kind of change the conversation a little bit because Don't I'm actually, the conversation. no, I'm not change like changing it, but like shifting like just a little bit um, because 
compared to Janice, my parents, I think I'm a little bit opposite. I think my parents are around me 24 seven. My dad works from home. So, you know, he's always there. You know, I don't have to be calling someone up to be like, can you reach my dad or can you get my dad? Cause I need to do this. So my parents are always around me all the time. And with quarantine, my other parents started working from home. So I got both my parents at home all the time. Um, I don't have the problem of like, I can never reach my parents. So I got my parents on my back 24 seven, you know, it's, I don't, I can't breathe there. My parents be like, why are you always in your room? Um, and a lot of times my parents be talking uh, or talk to me and they're like, you know, when I used to do this, you know, back when I was a kid, I think that I feel like parents need to get rid of that mentality because it's completely different. And I'm saying because you guys didn't grow up with, um, with the technology that we did. And is the technology affecting us? Yes. Is that your problem? It's going to be your problem because um, you guys are buying buying the phones for us, buying the technology. And Miss Lorraine's looking at me, but I'm a, I'm an ex, I'm gonna. Explain I'm just trying it. to figure out what the heck you talking about. I so think I get parents it. need to change. Parents how need the parents because things change, times change. You know the problems we deal with change. And I disagree with what Mr. Eric said with how it's kind of the same problems going around. I think that things are different because I think that the problems that my parents went through and the problems that I'm going through are different given the obstacles, given the things that society has brought around now. We have different challenges and different struggles. Even though the world is changing, things are also changing for for kids. And Miss Lorraine's still looking at me. So I'm, I'm, gonna just, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to understand Okay, I could back you up, Lex. I could back you up, Lex. Yeah, I could back you up. I got you a little bit, but sis, I can't get you all the way. All right. So <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that, I can understand because the generation is not the same. Times are not the same. The way we've grown up is not the same because it's two different audiences. Like for a say, my mom would talk to me about my siblings growing up and they could go to the neighbor's house. You know, they could be up and down the street playing outside. But now it's just like, you know, people is kidnappers. They kidnapping kids, taking kids, you know, um, the trust in the community isn't there as it was so it's just more so like when it comes to me personally so it's just like thinking of stuff like that you can't really apply the same rules and the same teachings because it's not the same era I feel like they can still be applied but not in the same form because it is not the same era it isn't how y'all were growing up like things are not the same like I remember my mama tell me how she used to get beat with like a bull whip for my great-grandmother like that is not the same they call the police on people like when they do that now like CP Yes, is real. Like they call the cops when you beat your kids. Right. So times have ultimately changed. I feel like everything reoccurs again, but things are different. Like things are very different. So you can't really take it about of how you learned and just that's all it is. Because you know, you can see it from our way too. Because parents have a habit of just saying, Well, I grew up like this, I know this, so this is how you gonna get taught. But it's just like, come on now, you know, things have changed, you know, I'm a different person, you know. You have to kind of be willing to make room for us to grow and make room for your parenting to grow because things are not the same. The world is evolving, you know. You can't parent like how your great grandparents parented. Like it just it that don't work in 2021. Okay, something real quick. Um, I don't agree like at all. I I understand that the world is changing, but that doesn't justify kids being disrespectful with their parents and kids using the excuse, oh well, we're in different times. You don't know what I you don't know how I'm feeling. 
But where that's not Don't what we're trying to agree. say. That's that could be the end all be all. Girl, I just asked you what you was trying to say twice, and y'all doubled down. Want to back you up, and I'm sitting over here like, where? Because I I do think that children need to have respect for their parents, and from what I see, there is a lack of respect that parents that children have for their parents, and it can go both ways. But personally, I both ways what like parents don't also respect their children, but mm. I feel like it's I don't know. I feel like it shouldn't be like you're my parent, you need to respect me. Like no, it's I need to respect you. Mm. if that makes sense but, but how like, I think I'm, of it is I'm a human like we're all human beings like I understand you're my parent you pay the bills you provide for me but it's just like with all that you provide I feel like because I'm not a kid I don't just get everything I want I earn it I get good grades I do good in school like I earn all the things in which I have so I feel like parenting the way it's always been we will be stuck in the past like nothing will change or evolve because things like what um um, production said things are evolving society is evolving I'm not making excuses for being disrespectful because that's not okay like that is intolerant but you have to come at your children when you're talking to a child sometimes I feel like a lot of parents it's in a way at which you're belittling our whole character like the respect is there and when we talk to you but it's just like you know when you're addressing someone as a human being I understand when you get older you are you know allowed to have that respect but sometimes it's just like you wouldn't talk to a person just any type of way so why would you talk to your kids so rudely like any type of way like you're not going to dismiss someone else's kid so why would you dismiss someone else your own kid you know like sometimes the tone it reflects back like how your kid can talk to you can reflect back to how you come at them so it's just like you know disrespect when you are have a tone that is disrespectful towards your child you can't really be ready to knock them into next year if they come back at you with that same tone because you're talking to them like you're crazy like kids are humans too like I don't think if that's like a thing that we're not humans, but you know, we're humans too. I'm not saying disrespect is okay, but it's just like, you know, we matter too. We have feelings too. I don't know if y'all think because we're kids, we don't have emotions, but talking to a kid any type of way, it hurts our feelings, you know. Feelings get hurt, and then that kind of bottles up a hurt inside of the kid to where it's just like that hurt will start to fester. So it's just like you're continually talking to your kid any type of way, then, okay, one day, and they're just like, mom, or they kind of raise their voice. You can't be mad because they've been holding it in for so long. I understand you t you're your parent. You respect them, but it's just like you have to respect your kid too. I'm not saying disrespect is okay, but there has to be respect on both ends. Okay, so I what I was thinking – what I'm seeing is that there's bias between the two generations. They, the, the, the parents think that we have it easier and the kids think that, or I don't know. It's just, I, I know that I see bias and I feel that, that there needs to be communication. Like what Janice was saying, how, you know, we need respect and how Anaya was saying, well, we need respect for the parents, but the kids also want respect. So there needs to be communication because that's where everything is falling apart. That's why my dad and Laureen are saying one thing, but we're all saying a different thing. I feel like there needs to be communication between parents and kids in a household because yeah, like you're saying lack of communication because there are things that we all want, things that the parents want us to understand, the things that the kids want the parents to understand, but everyone's frustrated and no one's talking about it. So we're all bottled up with our emotions and no one's saying anything. So that's where, that's, that's where there's the disconnect. Well, I mean, I understand that. And, and what I would say is, again, tone and delivery. 
because there's no way that first of all we not we not the same we not on an equal playing field i don't know where y'all got that entitlement from that's insane i don't i don't know what that is um the, the number two um again i believe that's that children should be able to express themselves um to their parents i think parents should listen but at no time do i think that my kid is on the same level as me i don't care how entitled they want to be there's a way that we have to talk to one another. There is a way that I come in and I address when my grandparents were living, how I would address my grandparents. There was a way that I would address my parents. There is a way that I would come in and I would talk to any adult. Um, so I just think that we have to be clear what we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who is providing for you. And that's not everybody's case all the time, because I know some people have very tumultuous relationships with the people that birthed them. Um, but there, there, there's something missing here and I don't think we saying anything different. I think that y'all are, uh, have this, uh, idea about yourselves where you know better than your parents know. And so I'm trying to figure out, do you want us to step aside and let y'all just wing it? Or what is it that you want from your parents? Because y'all not on the same level. So if y'all are ready to go at this thing called life by yourselves, y'all need to be honest about that and tell your parents and let them go ahead and move out the way. Otherwise, there are rules and regulations when you live in somebody else's home that you must abide by. There are ways and rules that your parents have set up for you that they want you to communicate with. You can't just say, well, you talking to me like this, so I'm going to talk to you like this. That'll get you punched in the mouth. I don't know where y'all, I, I mean, maybe that's the old school parenting. I don't know. But ain't no way y'all would come into my house talking like this to me. <laughs> and y'all, we got to be honest about that. Okay. Because <laughs> I got to like, be honest with y'all. Because I'm over here flabbergasted. Like, what the hell am I listening to? Expectations. So, <laughs> what you so saying? You know, so, what, what she, so, you know, the, the whole premise of parenting is to prepare you for life. And when you go to work, when you go to school, there are rules that you have to follow and you're not going to like them. Yep. So when you go away to college, there's going to be a certain criteria that you have to fall into in order to be at that school. It's the same thing when you're in your parents' house, you have to fall by, you have to fall into a certain criteria or you can't be here. So if you have a hard time at home, how do you think life is going to be when you're on your own? It's going to be difficult. So your parents are preparing you to deal with those things that come up in life in general. And it gets, it gets way harder. You think it's tough in your parents' house? Wait till you start a job and you have an employer that you don't care for or that you feel like is talking to you in a particular tone, in a particular way. And you just can't fire back off. You know, it's a, it's, it's a process. And, you know, we have a generation. And it affects your livelihood. It does. And right now. It affects now, your livelihood. It sure does. And we have a generation of entitled people right now who feel like all they need to do is just show up because they're just supposed to have something because they exist. And the lessons your parents are trying to teach you is that you have to, there are certain things in life you're just supposed to do. You're supposed to get good grades. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to behave yourself. Those are things you're just supposed to do. You don't have to necessarily be rewarded for it because it is what's to, supposed to set you up to be successful in life. 
you have a you have a responsibility to just do those things. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. You should do it because that's just what you're supposed to do. You know, certain things that you know you you have a responsibility to, you know, to yourself. Yeah, Janice. And okay, I hundred percent agree with the responsibility of us maintaining those things. But I feel like with that responsibility, we should also be treated like to part in order to maintain because if <clears throat> we we're maintaining good grades that's not easy you have to have a clear head space you have to be able to you know be in the correct mind frame to where you're not stressing yourself out you're not having mental breakdowns completing assignments like so it's just like you have to provide as a parent you should provide the proper environment for your child to be able to succeed and do what you want them to do because we can do everything you want us to do but it's just like are you providing us with that environment to succeed for example going back to the education system some classrooms don't provide us with the environment we can reach our greatest heights and sometimes certain homes or certain people in our home cannot provide us with the comfort to be able to reach the greatest heights that we want to it's not that we want to just talk to our parents any type of way do this do that we're entitled to all these things but it's just like you know inside sometimes especially when it comes to being a teenager and growing up in the society in the age that we're growing up in sometimes we're literally breaking up inside like literally trying to figure everything out figure the world out who we are like trying to comprehend that especially as a teenager especially with all that there is in this world that distracts us from the actual real world and y'all still are not really benefiting that so it's just like you know you can't really necessarily be super mad when there's a little bit of clap back because we're trying but you're not making the environment easy for us to continue to try you know what you're, I, I want you're, um you're you're absolutely right like seeing your best friend get shot in front of you or seeing somebody OD, those are the things that, those are the stresses that we grew up with in the height of gang violence. Um, coming to school and there's a, a riot at school. You know, um, we, we get the stress. We, we completely understand. And I and think we're still, trying to... Still have to I, who's that? Um, uh, it's Lex. Here's the thing. I Stop You say you do understand. Stop cutting off my friend no, when he, he talked. Said- that was rude. He wasn't done. But go ahead. I thought he was. He wasn't. My apologies. My apologies, but you said you guys do understand, but I don't think you do understand all of it because there's lots of things that we go through now, like I said, that you guys didn't go through when you guys were growing up. I mean, you act like we fossils. Like I didn't say y'all had, were old. I had I'm you guys old. I'm not calling you I, You know, before this thing, an internet thing was a thing, we was there. You know what I mean? So I mean, we're not that we're not that far apart. In I age, mean, my I mean, in my in my case, my parents they're older than you guys, so I can right, say for you that. You right, but I, but you know, for folks who don't know you, I seen how you interact with your parents. What I tell you? I don't remember. I said you better be glad you ain't got no black mama. That's what I told you. <laughs> That's what I told you. Cause you 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 ma'am. You be doing, ooh, girl. Mm-mm. Let's be cutting up and and let's be trying it. And so we can't. We're not. But yeah. So I think that we had a very good discussion. We talked about Jimmy. a lot. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on um, Instagram, you know, at BBBOE6. 
Yep, and then tune in. Make sure you guys tune in on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We go live every Monday here. We're on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook, you know. And tune in with Black versus the Board of Education. We want to thank you all for watching, and we really appreciate it. Girl, I don't know why this internet freaking went out. That was so weird. Well, she did a really good job. Thank you, Janice. Good job, Janice. I was like, ooh, I hope somebody took over. Great job, Janice. (laughs) What did you do? Did you end the show? No, we still on live, but she's saying bye. We getting ready to say okay. bye to y'all. Did you, did you hit them with the wave? Go ahead, say it. Finish and I'll it. hit y'all. We gonna hit y'all with the wave. See y'all next Monday. Got you with that virtual wave.